just to kind of remind us, two weeks ago we were talking about daily rituals. And if you remember, the benefits of daily rituals, they help stop you from overthinking and help you perform. This is for the whole class, Alan, not just for you, okay? Um, perform at predictably high levels and put you in a mental and physical groove. Uh, so that's where we left you. And we had a couple quotes to remind us about this. And, you know, our whole theme for the month is preparing for success. Routine leaves less to chance from Michael Hyatt. Uh, you'll never find time for anything. If you want the time, you must make it from Charles Buxton. And we're going to end with this one. We'll come back. What you know right now is enough to get you started on something big from Michael Hyatt. So, anybody, just curious, did anybody create any rituals yet or review their rituals from our last meeting that they wanted to share? Okay. I'll find out what you're doing. So, talking about success before work. And uh, Laura Vanderkam has written another book. The one she's most known for is 168 Hours, which you all know what that is. That's right, number of hours in a week. So she's written another little book called What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, and then she's written a sequel to that, What the Most Successful People Do at Work. And this isn't very long. I read it in about 40 minutes uh, over the weekend. But as I was reading it, it reminded me, um, and again, let me back up. It's not just breakfast, but what we're talking about is before work. Breakfast is just a thing that happens before work. So today we're really trying to focus on what can we do before we start working, before you get to the office, before you go meet with clients. Not just before you eat breakfast or drink a cup of coffee, but what can you do during that time? And um, it's interesting because it compares younger, sorry, adults that are younger versus adults that are older. And I'm not saying I was an adult when I was 23 years old, um, but when I was living in New York, Every day was, was really a rat race. And if you've ever been up there, it still is a rat race. It's just a little different kind of race now. And I'd leave my apartment, and I'd try to get head four blocks south to catch the six train. But if I was really early, I could go eight blocks south and catch the express that only made, I think, two stops before you get to Grand Central. The six train would make, you know, six or seven stops and take an extra 15 minutes. But I had a problem, and I'll, I'm willing to admit this to you all this morning, is I stayed up too late to get up early. Um, New York never sleeps, so a Monday is no different than a Saturday. Sometimes you wake up on a Wednesday, and it's a Wednesday. It's not Sunday morning or Saturday morning. So I never got up early enough to be 10 minutes early or 15 minutes early. When I was reading through this book, I thought, God, what could I have done if I got up 10 or 15 minutes early? I could have caught the express every day. I probably could have sat down on the subway because no one's on that train. Could have read the paper. Could have gotten to work early and gotten set up. But because I didn't, 
I never had time to do anything during the day. And that's what young people do. You don't have kids or you're not married. You can go work out at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. You can go do whatever you want after work because no one's expecting you to be home. So I did that. But it made me think, God, what if I just... What if I had not stayed out till 2 o'clock in the morning? I could have gotten up at 7.50 instead of 8.15 for the 8.26 train. Um, what's that? It, it, all kind of savings. I'm just putting stress on myself every day. From what I remember, yes, William, they were. So I realized, too, reading through this, after I left New York, it's like, how do you, do you just have to live here long enough and just grind it out and fight this day in, day out? How could you even be successful in a place like this? And what I realized is that before breakfast, that most successful people are scoring daily victories that are advancing them towards their goals every day. They're doing things that are going to help them win throughout the entire day. And that's really what we want you to focus on. And the question we're going to try to answer today is, what do successful people do before breakfast? And remember, we're going to try to insert the word breakfast to just say, do before work. What is, who's one to share something they do every day before they go to work? Besides take a shower and drink a cup of coffee. Is there... Does anybody read the paper before work? Online? You read it in the office because I see you and read it with you. Steve? Yep. So you wake up, review your goals for the day in the morning. You're still getting them down. That's important. Does anybody, does anybody exercise in the morning? Go for a walk? Okay. It is so... To go to the gym at lunch or in the afternoon, it's like almost impossible. And then if you do and your phone rings, you feel guilty that you're at the gym because that person may need your help. It just... It's so hard. So, there's four things that successful people understand and think about. And one is they understand the madness of the morning. This is going to be a real fun one. It's a matter of willpower. Um, Important but not urgent things. That's still difficult. But then also how to make over your mornings. After you understand all three of these, understanding how these change over time. So let's look at a few. So the madness of the morning. The early mornings are, the whether you have children or not, the early mornings is the only time you have when you can control your schedule. Nothing else is going on. And as we just talked about, if you wait till the end of the day to do those meaningful things, sometimes they don't happen. There's some old uh, banker's advice. Most people don't go meet with a banker anymore to open up a checking account or get advice. But the banker says you have to pay yourself before you pay your bills. Has anybody ever heard that? The, the new way of saying that is 
What's that? Yeah. Um, you didn't... There was too much month left over at the end of the money. Tell children that, and they understand their allowance. You didn't run out of money. You just had too much month left over at the end of the money. The money, Because the money is going to be the same the next month. And you, maybe your months are only 14 days long when other people have 31-day months. So um, understanding that that's when you can control stuff. And if it's something that has to happen, then it, it may have to happen first. Willpower. This is really interesting if you think about it this way. Willpower is like a muscle. It gets tired. It gets fatigued when you overwork it, when you do too much. And over the course of a day, our willpower gets depleted or used up. And I didn't realize this either, um, but this explained a lot. Most self-control failures and other bad decisions occur late in the day. That's why no one asks you out in the middle of the day. They wait till after 5 p.m. to see if you want to go on a date or meet up for something, right? Better chances. That joke was a lot funnier when I said it to myself. (laughs) So, uh, what do we mean there? This is your willpower in the morning. You have a full tank. You have not given in or caved in to any decisions. You've got a full tank of willpower and you can resist anything. Until 9 p.m. when you're in the kitchen and there's a box of Girl Scout cookies sitting on the counter. Or what happens here a lot is someone brings in cookies and you walk past the cafe all day long until about 3.30 when your willpower is now like on a quarter tang. It's just one cookie. I'll just get one. And then you feel so much better. You feel like your willpower has now moved uh, past the halfway tank. This always gets me. Um, there's an, this is backed up with scientific research, too. When people are on diets, when they studied folks that were dieting, that they did very well at breakfast and lunch, but where they always failed was at dinner. Everybody fails at dinner because you're, you've done so much during the day, you're like, you know what? I'll just have yogurt. I'll just have yogurt for breakfast and my burrito cookie that's 10 calories. Um, so matter of willpower. Interesting thing though is once it becomes a habit, that it becomes an automatic process. So then it consumes less of your willpower. And successful people try to turn high value tasks into morning rituals so they conserve their energy. That's what we were talking about two weeks ago with creating daily rituals. And I couldn't tell you the whole reason for doing that until today, because when you create those daily rituals, you don't have to think about it as much because it becomes a habit, and it's so much easier to do. Because it becomes a habit, then you have energy and willpower for those challenges that are going to come later in the day. Because y'all are in real estate, And every day, you do not know what challenge is going to present itself. Uh, And it's not a problem. You don't know what solutions you're going to be looking for at the end of the day. And you've got to have the energy and reserves to do that. So moving on to important but not urgent. 
what are some of the best morning habits? Well, some of these are activities that, when practiced regularly, give you long-term benefits. And what do we mean? There's three of those. Nurturing your career. As Steve mentioned, maybe a morning habit is uh, spend five or ten minutes reviewing your calendar for the day. What do you need to do? Your appointments. Maybe you have a daily goal of something you want to accomplish. Maybe you want to nurture your relationship. Um, who, has, who has young children? Y'all eat breakfast with them every morning? Take them to school? It is impossible to do anything else besides get them dressed, feed them breakfast, and get them to school. And maybe you have like 30 seconds to spare. We left the house five minutes earlier today, and I was so excited because I did not have to drive fast to drop them off at school. And I was relaxed, and we talked, made jokes. I tried to scare them about the Internet. We had fun conversations. So who do you want to nurture your relationships with in the morning? Do you want to have family breakfast? Maybe you can't always make family dinner. Do you want to meet a friend for breakfast one day a week? Um, Do you want to go to a chamber function or meet a group of friends for coffee or breakfast? And then you got to think about how to nurture yourself. Because in real estate, we are helping people all the time. And because we care so much about helping folks, sometimes we feel bad when we try to help ourselves and take care of ourselves during the day. It was always hard for me to try to do anything for myself after 10 o'clock in the morning to go exercise, go play a couple of holes of golf. Stuff just comes up. So to nurture yourself, maybe you want to exercise in the morning. Maybe you want to uh, go to a Bible study, do something spiritual, meditate, uh, read, um, something creative. So those are the, how many did we cover so far? Is that, is that three? So the fourth one is how to make over your mornings. And there's five steps. Track your time. So you might have been to Julie's tracker class. If you haven't, or if you have, she has a tracker sheet. There are lots of different versions of that. It's just something to track your time. What do you spend your time doing in the morning? And then what is the picture, what does the picture of your perfect morning look like? If you could do anything you want every morning, and that doesn't mean like wake up at a different house and sleep in and have someone else take your kids and dress them to school, um, but if you had time before all those things have to get done, because some of those things have to, they have to get done, there's no way around it, what does that look like? And you have to remember when you're going through this is before 6.30 a.m., most of the world isn't even awake yet. So it doesn't matter what you look like. So if you want to go to the gym at 5.30, you do not have to look like you're meeting someone for lunch at 12 o'clock. There's a funny story in this book about Al Sharpton who exercises every day around 6 o'clock and he travels to different cities to speak all the time. He wears the same uh, jumpsuit 
and shoes and doesn't care, doesn't even fix his hair. He's got a lot of hair. Um, but doesn't care because no one's awake to really judge him that early in the morning. So he doesn't really care what he looks like. And over, has anybody noticed how much weight Al Sharpton's lost? He's lost a lot, but that took him three years to do. Um, so don't worry about what people think in the morning. And then think about the logistics. What has to happen if you wanted to exercise or meet a friend for breakfast or go to Bible study? Would someone need to babysit uh, or take your pets out for a walk, take your children to school? How long would this take for you to do those things? Now, what would need to happen for you to make that work? And then how do you build that habit? How do you create a daily ritual? Because the first 12 days are easy. Then what happens? It happened to me this morning. Day 13 rolled around. It's like, ah, snooze, snooze. Once you snooze for the third time, you're an addict to the snooze button, and you need to quit. You just get up. But that bed starts looking cozy, and it takes a while to create a habit. And just doing something for two weeks is not going to build a habit. You're going to be hit with some resistance of making that a habit. So start slowly. Don't start out with an hour of exercise the first two weeks. Maybe you do like 15 minutes or 15 minutes of reading. Not something so big that you can't keep it going because you're going to be tested in two weeks. And then you got to tune up. Life changes. Rituals change. You know, Based on where you are right now, you might change your rituals five or six months from now. If kids are staying in school longer or you have a different schedule, you always want to take time to refine what that looks like. And in starting to wrap up this discussion, um, you know, everybody has the same available hours. It's just how we choose to use them. And the most successful people choose and know that the hopeful hours before most people eat breakfast are too precious to be blown on semi-conscious activities. If you remember talking about rituals, there's, remember there are two types of rituals. There were intentional and, we don't remember. They were intentional and purposeful and mindless and unintentional. Doesn't mean a mindless and unintentional ritual is bad. Because once something becomes a habit, you don't have to think about it. But if you never thought about it and it's just a habit, then that's mindless and unintentional. But if you are intentional and creating it over time, it becomes a habit and you no longer have to think about it. So I want to leave you off this today. Three months from today. In less than three months, you can build the habits that you need to lead a happier, more productive life, career. And in less than three years from today, you could be living one. It takes a while for these things to have an impact. It really does. But what is stopping you from starting today? And doing something very simple. Starting with one little ritual or habit before you start working each day. And we'll leave you with this. 
When you make over your mornings, you can make over your life. And that's what the most successful people do. They get things done before the rest of their day starts happening. So we'll leave you with that. And thank you all for being here today.